brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is Luke Alves. What up, Luke? Not much, man. <laughs> Crazy what uh, one day of change in a uh, free agency can do, and then it did not start <laughs> off slow. I mean, <laughs> I couldn't keep up after a while. I just, it was like one of those like math like tests that was like everything was happening so fast, and so you just kind of gave up, and you're just like, whatever just happens, I'm just, I'm down with the results. Just tell me. Tell me in like 30 minutes or like the next tomorrow because everything was going <laughs> so quick and it was this and that and here's this side in trade and it's not going to go down and it was just uh it was just pretty crazy just that whole Sunday. Yeah, uh, dude, it was fucking awesome. It, it's got to be the the most hectic um, free agency ever, um, and and just probably like in general like the most hectic um, NBA day ever. Um, like just just so much fucking shit. Like forty percent of the league uh, were were free agents, and I want to say like eighty percent of those went to different new teams, like something like that. Um, seventy five, eighty percent. Um, so just like that amount of turnover in and of itself is fucking crazy. And then when you factor in all of the things that happened that just weren't expected, um, also fucking crazy. Um, but yeah, man, let's, let's go and jump into it. Cause we got so much shit to cover. Um, I think we got to start, uh, with the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, they were the ones who, who came out firing, um, landed Kyrie, KD, uh, got, um, KD's buddy, Deandre Jordan. Uh, and then it came out later that both Kyrie and KD were going to take a little bit less money so that, uh, DJ could, uh, get a four-year, $40 million contract. Um, very nice of them, by the way, to, to do that for uh, for Katie's bud. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, they hit the ground running, and then they uh, topped it off with getting a very quality signing of Garrett Temple uh, in, uh, you know, to, to, to kind of, you know, top things off. Um, what are your thoughts on the net signings, them undercutting New York? Um, in, in this effort, uh, and what do you think about the Nets team going forward? Um, you know, maybe maybe this year, but moreover, just over the next four years. I don't know. I mean, it's it's a huge win just for the Nets. Just no matter what, I mean, you you become the the team in New York now. You overtake the Knicks. You get the two guys that. 
We're rooming all year to go there, and you become the team in New York to actually get them. So no matter what, I mean, just big win right there, just all around, just everything that Brooklyn's been able to do because Brooklyn hasn't had any picks and all that to, like, make their team what it is, you know. So it's definitely them making the playoffs, having a deep team already kind of. And then, um, you know, being able to get Kyrie, I mean, not saying necessarily like they're going to be better next year right off the rip because I don't see them that much of, you know, jumping, you know, Kyrie to DeAndre Russell. Yeah, Kyrie's a much better player and scorer, but in in all, uh, you know, it's not making them that huge jump. I mean, when Kevin Durant gets back, it's, it's a whole different story. But there's a lot of um, things that um, Brooklyn kind of like surprised me. I mean, the DeAndre Jordan contract, I mean, I understand what you have to do. I mean, in order to get Kevin Durant and Kyrie, you got to make all sides and all parties happy. So you got to sign their boy. And unfortunately, you got to do a Cleveland Cavs thing of 2014 and just bite the bullet in what your star players say, you know, you do. And you sign contracts of four years, $40 million, on a guy that kind of was washed. I mean, he's not been that great. I mean, luckily for yeah. Brooklyn, they already have Allen. So, you know, there's a lot of platoon minutes they can do there. So, and they I mean, picked that, up Claxton. That just, so they got depth. Yes. So they do, definitely got depth. So, but um, I love the Temple signing. Um, I think that's one of the, the better signings. You know, it happened pretty quick, too. I want to say, I mean, Everyone knew by 3 p.m. even Easter time, not even when, but pretty much around four that Kyrie and Katie were going there. But then they did, they made that Temple uh, pick up pretty quick on the mid level, and um, you know I like that. I mean, just add more depth to this team. I mean, like I said, next year I could see them being in the same range as what they were. They're still going to be a playoff team, but uh, you know, six or seven seed maybe fit that best. But um, you know, it's definitely. It's going to be interesting. I don't want to put too much, you know, bashing into Kyrie just because of being a Celtics fan. But I right. do, you know, wish the best for him in the circumstances. I mean, a, they're definitely going to be on a honeymoon period where Kyrie's awesome. He's so much fun to watch game to game. Him in Brooklyn, too. He's going to sell those tickets. So it's going to be flashy and all that, especially when your other prize chip's not there. So it's going to keep your eyes off of it being like, man, I really wish Kevin Durant was here right now. So that'll, that'll help out everything. But in the end, I mean, after coming down the stretch, you know, I saw a lot of things. Uh, I like to see what Kyrie's able to do. I mean, his team's pretty good. Uh, I've always liked Levert. Uh, he's a great player. Dinwiddie's on a pretty, you know, solid contract. They've got Harris. Mm-hmm. So they've got a solid team right now. It's, it's a, but, you know, it just showed you that, um, you know, hey, sometimes building a good, solid team, taking risks on these players is better than going through the draft and trying to rebuild to get superstars. So, like I said, um, not be- making the huge jump immediately, but overall, I mean, it's just a win because you you are the team in New York. I mean, the Mecca is nothing now. I hate to say that, but it's not a selling tool anymore. There's No, no one wants to be there. Your owner's crazy. Um, I mean, I'm sure we could get into that rant, but I don't want to, but it's just like the whole (laughs) one New York right now, you obviously are the more happening thing to do in New York city. So you just, that, that right there is just a win. 
Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's impossible not to call this the big win of free agency. Um, the, I mean, look, obviously it's going to take a year. I think I'm a little higher on them next year than you are. Um, I think they could be as high as like three. My guess would be right around four or five, um, which I guess is what kind of what you were saying. I think you said six or seven, so it's not that much off. But I just think with Indiana um, coming in still um, banged up with a with a, a whole new roster that has to like learn how to play um, with each other, that you know that could take some time. Um, and then you know with uh, um, Boston, obviously they're gonna you know could be taking a step back. I still, I think Boston's going to be better than I think a lot of people think they are next year. Um, I actually think, you know, having less talent on that team will kind of a less is more type thing. And we'll get to them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, and, and then, you know, just it, a lot of this depends on Kawhi and Toronto. Um, but I mean, I I do think I can't see like a world in which the Nets are like the three seed. I I would think of them as like a four or five seed, depending on what happens with Toronto. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously a great win for them. Uh, you know, we we I I, I was still kind of holding on to hope that maybe they would pick the Knicks just for just for Joel and and maybe a little bit Jawan, but mostly Joel. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I mean, it it just made more sense basketball wise to to go with the Nets. They had the better infrastructure, the better role players um, that were already in place to join. Um, it's interesting that they were able to take less money to not only get DeAndre Jordan in there, but also figure out a way to keep all of their existing role players. Um, you know, that was also um, something that you know I I had heard if both those players were to come in and take the max, it would be um, like they would have to get rid of one of Harris or, um, you know, somebody else. But I think the, the, you know, them doing like the sign and trade and stuff like that was able to kind of finagle around that maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's going to be very interesting. I don't, I, I am not as high on this team though, as a lot of people, as far as like going forward. I got to see – we all know uh, Kyrie has a long history of, of knee trouble. Um, you know, we, we know Katie's coming back from this Achilles injury. Uh, Karis LeVert has, like, I think has had at least one, maybe two ACL tears in his career. Um, Torian Prince has, has always kind of been healthy um, other than some knickknack stuff. But I think he did have some kind of injury in college. Um, if I'm not mistaken, some kind of more serious injury in college. Um, and then Jordan, I mean, he, he, like you said, he's just kind of washed. So there's a lot of question marks here. It's going to take a, it's going to take a perfect storm for them to be able to tie all of this together to keep everybody healthy um, and, and to make a legit run. And, and all of this really hinges on what kind of player is KD going to come back as. Now, that being said, I totally think it's worth the risk. Like you totally do this if you're the Nets. I think they absolutely made the right decision. Um, you know, because they really didn't have to give up that much to do it. Um, you know, they made that trade with the Hawks in which they gave up a couple first, but they also got back Torian Prince, who they're obviously able to keep. I think he's going to be a, a very big part for their team next year. But, you know, moving forward, 
when they slot him into more of like a power forward type role. Um, like he's just he's a quality role player. Um, he shouldn't cost you a whole hell of a lot per season. Um, like I mean, I would think of him as as some someone between like eight to fourteen million uh, a year, some like somewhere in that range, depending on what kind of year he has. Um, but like. You know he, he's a he's a good addition. Was a good pickup. I really like the fact that they got Claxton. It gives them some flexibility as far as cap flexibility moving forward. If they want to move Jared Allen, if Claxton has a very solid rookie campaign, I could see him stepping in. Um, you know, and being a fixture on this team. Um, I I doubt that they save any money in order to pay him more than the two year minimum, which that kind of sucks for them. Um, but nevertheless, uh, still he'll, he'll should be good for the two years that they have him on his rookie deal. Um, I I just I don't I don't have the utmost confidence that they're going to be able to win a title with this team. I if I was betting, I would say no, um, just because there are so many variables you know in play here. Um, but nevertheless, still the big winners, um, you know, because of everything that they were able to pull off. They pulled off literally everything that they wanted to coming into this uh, offseason. And like you said, they won New York. Um, I mean, much to the same way, if either one of these teams gets LA, uh, gets in L.A., uh, gets Kawhi, they're going to win L.A. Um, so it's, it's certainly a win for Brooklyn. Um, props to them. And, you know, like they – just got a whole hell of a lot better. Um, and at the very least, next year, um, when KD does come back, they will be a legit contender. So, um, so yeah, uh, good for them. Uh, all right, so part of this trade um, was renegotiated into a sign-in trade, which sent uh, D'Angelo Russell, um, Travion Graham, and one other guy on the – small short-term contract can't even remember who at this point um it sent them back over to golden state um in exchange for for kevin durant um weird move by golden state i don't know exactly what they're doing now i've heard the reports that they um you know made this deal because they they want to eventually trade him but you effectively gave up two first round picks to get him um, in the first that you sent uh, back to um, Brooklyn, and then also the future first that you sent to Memphis to take on the Andre Iguodala contract. Um, and he doesn't fit your team in the meantime. Uh, I don't know how this team plays. I don't know how he plays on this team. Um, very, very weird. I, You know, I just feel like there probably could have been some moves around the margins to help them stay competitive until Clay gets back instead of doing something weird like this. Um, not to mention this also hard caps them, which, you know, maybe they wanted it to some degree. Maybe, maybe they were like, well, you know, if we, if we make this trade, it'll hard cap us, but you know, that'll just give us an excuse to stay out of the cap, uh, stay or stay out of the luxury tax rather, um, or above the apron rather. Um, so like that, that but all, all all things considered, it's a very very strange move to me. It, it doesn't make sense at all on paper. Now if they can turn around and flip him, um, you know, or December or whenever you know he's available to be traded, 
um, for some valuable pieces that do help them, uh, fine, but that's yet to be seen. And his value, I feel like his value could easily go down between now and then um, if he doesn't perform well in Golden State um, because they, they run a system that he's not used to playing in. So do you recater your whole system to fit him? Um, and if so, what are you telling Steph Curry in the meantime? It's just a lot of weird shit going on. Um, however, I do like the fact that they were able to retain Kevon Looney on a five-year, $15 million uh, – excuse me, three-year, $15 million deal. Um, that's very good bang for your buck. Um, also, looks like with this trade and their subsequent signing of Willie Cauley-Stein, they have no interest in bring, bringing back Boogie Cousins. Uh, so that's just something – interesting as well what do you think about what the Warriors are doing particularly with the D'Angelo Russell sign trade no yeah I mean that one really caught me um for a surprise I mean happened really late I mean I had already gone to sleep thinking everything was done not seeing that somehow they could make a sign-in trade out of this and especially I mean you know earlier in the day you heard his wish list was like Minnesota Phoenix was also out there to, like, want him. So, Golden State wasn't even in the picture. And then, from the pull us off, I mean, it's – I I like it and I don't. And there's a – I'll go with, like, I don't that – why did you give up Iguodala? Um, you just kind of dumped him. Like, I, I was joking with you guys um, in the chat, but uh, <laughs> he's a snitch, so he had to go. So, yeah. uh, Ron is, you know, start snitching, you gone, boy, but – you know, because I, I thought they would probably try to move Sean Livingston or something like that. But Iggy gets moved with the first-round pick, so you have to give up Iggy, who is really helping your team defensively to pick up where, you know, you're not going to have Clay and all that. So, And then giving them a first again, uh, again as well just to get Russell on the maxes. I mean, it's interesting. I think that they did this. Even though you give it, you gave up a lot, they did this because a lot of things were happening fast, and there's a lot of teams that really wanted, uh, you know, um, DeAndre Russell, but didn't have either they couldn't make a trade right now, or they're waiting on decisions of other free agents, uh, Lakers or Knicks. So I think they went right. ahead and just you know took DeAndre Russell that way that they can you know that he can play. And then they can trade him if they need to. And I still think they 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 might trade him in the end. You know, just let him play at first. It's not going to be that big of a deal. You, you already don't have Clay, so try to just see what you can do. Get a lot of value out of him. Um, just have them both kind of like shoot and all that. And then I could definitely see him. I know you really want him on New York. I could definitely see him getting traded in the Knicks. I mean, they have a lot of contracts yeah. that are interesting that I would uh, I would combine. I mean. I would love Wayne Ellington if I was them. I would take that. Yeah. Um, maybe even Bobby Portis. Maybe Bobby Portis. Reggie Bullock. Bullock. Yeah. One of the, three of those, you know. So there's there's some things that there's some teams. So you go ahead and get D'Angelo Russell because you you're gonna lose out on Kevin Durant, and so it's, I'm I guess might as well get something, even though you have to give up a first. But two, um, you know, I mean, you had to give up two first. He, that's a thing, yeah, right? I mean, yeah. what don't it's, you think you could have gotten something out of two first that didn't like I I don't know I don't know if the net positive is better 
and and it's get of course I mean none of us know I don't I don't even think they know I think they're just betting on the fact that maybe it will be, um, but it's like I, I don't know I feel like you probably could have gotten um, like for instance I I threw this out you know I said you know why don't you trade Sean Livingston and next year's first um, for uh, Jay Crowder. Um, you know, because I, I just felt like Jay Crowder would have been a perfect fit for them. Three and D guy can slide in and play the four. You can slide, you know, um, uh, uh, Draymond down to the five. He didn't really get to play a whole lot of five it, last year um, in the playoffs because they didn't have a lot of wing depth. Um, so like that, that kind of move would have made more sense to me. And like maybe, I don't know, maybe it's hard to say at this point because I mean. I, who really knows? But maybe you could have, you know, sent him, sent him Iguodala, and then gotten back both he and Corver. Like maybe they don't want Corver. Maybe that would save them from having to eat that like three point five million guaranteed. So maybe that would help them out on that end. Um, help them cut a little more cost. Um, I don't know, just things like that. Like I, I. I just feel like you probably could have made better use uh, of your picks and your con your expiring contracts and everything else than throwing all that shit uh, at at D'Angelo Russell, who doesn't really fit your team at all. Um, but again, if you can flip him down the line, see, and and I like a lot of those Knicks guys too, um, but like I'm not flipping D'Angelo Russell just for those Knicks guys because of what I gave up. I mean, that didn't make any sense. Like, I wouldn't give up um, two first-round picks for the, uh, that package of Knicks guys at all, um, and I already gave up the two first-round picks. So, like, I'm looking more at, like, I know Minnesota wants him. How can I make a three-team trade work so I can get Robert Covington and something else that's nice? Um, like, that's more where my head is at. Um but I that's difficult. I don't know how that works. I think Minnesota needs to get another um, – I think they need to use their mid-level to sign somebody that would be intriguing to Golden State in order for that to work. Um, and I don't know if they're inclined to do that because I think they're so close to the luxury tax that, you know, that might not be, you know, something that they want to do. Because, like, if I'm if I'm Golden State – I don't really have any interest in Jeff Teague. Like, uh, you know, he's expiring, but, you know, I, I, that just doesn't make sense to me um, as far as, like, in order to get the salaries close to matching. Um, it would actually be Golden State taking a little more back, which really they can't do either because they're a hard cap. So I don't know, man. It just presents a lot of problems. I mean, maybe maybe Bob Myers just figured, you know what, I want to, like, I want something that's going to be challenging. So, like, I'll sign and trade for D'Angelo Russell, have to dance our way around to stay underneath the, the luxury tax, and then have to figure out a way that I can flip him later to get more shit. Like, this will be a nice, fun little challenge for me. Um, like, he's bored or something. Um, I don't know. But uh, all in all, super strange to me. Um, but uh, anything else you want to add on these Warriors before we move on to Memphis? No, I did like the Kevon Looney coming back. I mean, yeah. surprised mm-hmm. that he went back there. I really thought, you know, he he's actually a a valuable player, and I thought a lot of other teams could use. I mean, Celtics didn't have the money, but I mean, there's some teams that he could have done some justice on, and 
him coming back, I mean, basically for, I mean, three years of five mil, I mean, that's a steal. And then, uh, yeah. kind of surprising, but Willie Cauley-Stein, I mean, not that bad of a pickup either. This is going to help out Draymond Green a little bit more, too, because I just, like, the whole time I'm thinking, who's playing defense besides Green? But, I mean, I guess those two are really going to help. You know, those three right there are going to try to be your defensive just anchor and just keep mm-hmm. them platooning them all. So, I do like that, but I, I understand what you're saying. And, like, there's a – I have to see what you get out of Russell. I mean, you're going to get have to get some picks too, but, you know, it'll be interesting. I mean, for now, just play him right next to Steph. Let's see what those two can do. Just have him shooting the lights out and all that. But other than that, yeah. definitely have to trade him and luckily, at Steph, some point before Clay comes back. Yeah, and luckily Steph's really good at playing off ball. So Steph can basically be your de facto shooting guard. Um, that like, and, and and that's how they'll play alongside one another. Like defensively, they're going to be atrocious, um, but offensively, I think they will be fine because of Steph's versatility. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, the Willie Cauley Stein thing. I mean, it's hard to knock it just because the value. Like you're getting like get, getting him on that deal. That's just that's that's too good a value to pass up. Um, but like you know, I would personally, I would just be so much more like striving to get wing depth um, just because like I said, it's like last year you didn't have any wing depth and like the, like you're at your best when you're playing Draymond at the five and like you just couldn't play Draymond at the five because you didn't have anybody to play the fucking three through four. Um, so like, I don't know. Um, but you know, I mean, you can only sign who's out there and available. And you know, if, if the guy who's, can play the three that's available isn't nearly as good as the guy who can play the five that's available. I guess you just got to take the guy who's playing the five, you know, given that you have Draymond Green, who's versatile and can play both the four and the five. Um, so, I mean, I, I, it's hard to say, um, you know, I, I, I so yeah, I don't, I can't knock it really. I just, it, 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 I don't get overly enthusiastic about the, the Willie College sign signing here. Mostly, I'm just, like, laughing at Willie Cauley-Stein and his agent for being, like, we don't even want a fucking offer from Sacramento. Meanwhile, Sacramento's, like, out, like, fucking handing out massive contracts to Willie Cauley-Stein settling for damn near the fucking vet minimum with Golden State. So, um, kind of has shades of the Nerland's Noel thing uh, all over again. Um, but anyway, uh, let's move on from that. Memphis, um so, you know, like we said, they were able to take back in this transaction. Um, they were basically able to add Andre Iguodala into the Mike Connolly deal. Um, and so they take back Iguodala. Um, they get a future first from Golden State. Uh, that is fucking great for them. Um, like, great way to, like, make that work um, by basically retroactively adding him to a trade that had been agreed upon, like, two weeks ago. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's awesome. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the Valanciunas signing only because I want, um, I really want uh, Jaron Jackson uh, to play a lot of center this year, uh, particularly so Brandon Clark can play a lot of the four. Um, but uh, from what I have gathered, it is a descending scale contract at uh, 45 million over three years. Um, 
So that basically, what I would guess means it's something like 16, 15, 14, um, <laughs> somewhere in that ballpark. Um, so it'll get easier to trade over time. And it's not an egregious contract. I said um, when he opted out, I was like, oof, like, I don't know about that. Like, you're probably going to get, like, Yusuf Nurkic money. Um, and he basically got Yusuf Nurkic money. He got a little more per year, um, but he didn't get the fourth year. Um, so I think as far as value, it's not bad. I think it's movable. Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, you, you look at, say, would I rather have Jonas Valanciunas at basically 15 a year for three or Steven Adams 25 over two uh, per over two? Like, yeah, give me Jonas Valanciunas. He's also like – um, it, it, I don't even actually think he's younger than Stephen Adams. He just like moves and plays like he is. <laughs> um, but uh, nevertheless, I, I I mostly like what Memphis did. Again, I feel like their new GM is just like creative. Um, I like almost everything that this guy has done since getting there. Um, so I and I don't I can't even fucking remember his name. Like I I mean he he's just. Um, but I know he like just got the job uh, like shortly before the draft. Then you know, uh, you know, he makes the Conley trade, goes in, kills the draft, and then gets an extra asset going forward. Um, you know, for a team that that's you know kind of asset strapped with the pick still going out to your Boston Celtics. Um, so overall, I like what they're doing in Memphis. I think they got a hell of a young GM um, who who seems to be. Um, like making all the right moves out of the gate, and that's very promising, especially for a small market team. Yeah, I mean, this is no like, hey, you know, jumping around like, you know, like super exciting free agency for Memphis, but, you know, it is nice how, like you said, they're able to tie in with the Conley trade for Iguodala. It just interests me is how long, if he's even going to, wear a Memphis jersey or they're just going to go ahead and buy him out and let him become a free agency, which, you know, I mean, a lot of teams would love to take Iguodala. So that one interests me. Are you just going to try to keep him and maybe trade for him at the deadline? You know, it all depends. But Valis Jr.'s um, signing, I, I understand it. I, I, I'm with you. <clears throat> I want to see Clark and Jackson at the four and five as much, but they're still very young. I mean, even though Clark is older for his age, he's still a rookie and all that. So now you have at least a center that's played in the league and all that. He's going to help out Morant so you can, you know, stagger the minutes between all of them. And with Clark, you know, cause he's not immediately going to come in just being what he was in Gonzaga. So it's it's a nice, nice deal. I was surprised he was able to get that money. But, you know, hey – Memphis uh, traded for him in the first place, so they saw something in him. But, uh, yeah, nothing, you know, uh, exciting. Like you said, uh, they're definitely going in the right direction uh, because they don't have their pick right now for the next two years. um, It's up in the air. Well, one of the next two years. Well, yeah, I mean, but basically the next two years, it's in limbo. So they just – they have to play where they, you know, so try to get as much assets, so. It'll be interesting. Um, still a very young team, but um, I don't mind. You know, like like I'm saying, uh, they get a a center that I guess he's a veteran. He's definitely the veteran of the the locker room right now. Um, right. So 
and and help out your 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 young point guard. I mean, Morant's gonna have a lot of pressure, so having a center that can kind of do it, having Jackson at the four, and then you know when you want to bring in Clark, you can slide Jackson at the five and just or bring Clark right. in without. So it's a lot of options for them. Yeah, and especially the other thing that I I would note is. Um, Jackson being young and, and only going into his second season, he still like he still commits a lot of unnecessary fouls, um, and just gets himself into foul trouble like in, in a lot of games. So having a guy like Valanciunas, like even if you want to play Jackson more, you may not have that opportunity on any given night because um, he just gets a little slap happy. Um, so having a, a a guy who you can rely on there at, with Valanciunas, um, it just helps. It just helps a lot. Um, and, and hopefully they can get a little creative and, and look at how, um, you know, a, a look at how different these two guys are um, and how maybe they can implement a little bit of what Nick Nurse did last year with having Ibaka and Valanciunas and how different they are. Um, and, and, you know, maybe try to get um, – you know, stagger them a little bit as far as the, the, the starting rotation throughout the season um, and get Jackson some starts, um, but, you know, kind of have Valanciunas be your um, your anchor um, and maybe the guy that you trust a little bit more. Um, I, I, I think that, that it, you know, for, for the contract that you signed him to, um, that role makes sense to me, and so with you know with that in mind, I, I, I kind of like it. I think it's okay. And like I said, I think it's I just think it's a movable contract. I think you know it, next year if you think Jackson's willing to make that leap and and and, and ready to be your full time starting center, um, then you you can go ahead and trade Valanciunas, um, especially because the market's going to be so thin next year. Um, he might be more attractive than just about anybody who's actually on the market. Um, so. You know, I think that's certainly an option. Um, all right, let's move on. So uh, Phoenix, uh, they obviously were in a holding pattern. They really had their sights set on D'Angelo Russell. They did not get D'Angelo Russell. Um, so instead, they went out and gave Ricky Rubio a three-year $51 million deal. Um, I don't mind them signing Ricky Rubio. That's not the problem I have here. Uh, the problem I have is who the fuck else was going to give Ricky Rubio three years, $51 fucking million. Nobody was even going to come close to that. Like once Indiana didn't – like once they went a different direction, th- there, was, there was nobody else out there who, who was like had the cap space and needed a point guard. Uh, I mean maybe you could argue Chicago – but I, I didn't hear much, if any, buzz about him going to Chicago. Um, and, you know, I, I think if you don't give him the 351 and he ends up going to Chicago, then it's just like, all right, well, let's go get Tomas Sadaransky, Sater, three for 30. That's a better fucking deal anyway. Um, this just didn't make sense to me at all, man. Like, again, I'm fine with Rubio, but, like, that, you know, $17 million a year? For three years, like that just that seems really really high. Like, and again, like you know Oklahoma City is trying to get off of cap. Like, why not just call them up and be like, hey, you know, we know you know Dennis Schroeder's got two years left for thirty one million. You know what what can we get from you if we agree to take him from you know from you 
um, so you know you can cut your luxury tax bill way down. Um, like, I, why would you do that? I mean, that saves you like two and a half million dollars a year, and it saves you an extra year on the contract. Um, and I think Rubio is definitely a little better than than Schroeder, but like, not not that that contract's worth better um, as far as like guaranteed money. Um, I just I don't like that at all um, personally. What are what are your thoughts on that? No, dude, Phoenix, what are you <laughs> thinking? I mean, dude, one of like my huge like fails. I mean, this was starting at the draft when they traded TJ Warren and just for just the worst trade. And it's like you cleared up all this money. And it's like okay, so what are you gonna do? D'Angelo Russell makes sense, so like go get him. You know, he's friends with Devin Booker, it makes sense. But, no, they strike out on him, and instead of, like, taking it like a chance, they act like a, like a little spoiled little kid and come out with this thing saying that they didn't like his locker room uh, like presence and that he would be a bad influence. And, it's, and, and you're just like, what? Like, that, that's, that's what you're going to tell your, all your fans, you know, that you instead of getting him, we signed Ricky Rubio to a $17 million a per year contract that can't shoot threes, so he's not going to help us at all. He cannot shoot, so I don't see where he's – because I liked with Booker, you know, kind of having the ball in his hand, you know, him creating more and all that. So, I mean, he's going to go back to a two, but it's just, like, terrible. And it's just, like, Sauver has got to just – he's one of those owners that it's just out there that it's just – you're so lucky that there's probably two other owners right now that are just a complete train wreck with you, and you're the worst. But your poor fans, like wait, wait, everything. Can I guess? Jim Dolan oh, yeah. and fucking Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, it is those two because those two okay. owners, I don't understand why. But you know, one you would expect, like, come on, man, you're the icon of basketball, but you just don't understand what you're doing. But it's just, it, it surprised me what the Suns really, I mean, they're not going to be good. This is not going to make them, you know, into a, you know, the next season competing for the ninth season, even, even the 10th. I don't know. They're going to still be a bottom dweller. Um, I'll be surprised. Honestly, I'll be surprised if they're, if they finish 12th or higher. Like, I mean, right now, I feel like I got them slotted above Memphis. But that's the only guarantee that I can give them going into next season. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, yeah, besides that, no one else. I mean, it's really interesting what they're going to do. You know, there's just all those those fringe teams at the bottom. They're they're probably just going to be better than them. Yeah, so it's just um, one of those, you know, free agency is exciting and fun for a lot of fans, but it's just one of those organizations where you just feel for the fans. And Devin Booker, I mean, he might be the next uh, star, disgruntled star that wants out of his organization soon. I mean, I know he signed that extension, but, I mean, hey, if they're not doing it in in a couple years, you're still going to be a terrible team, and you can only show so much, I mean, yeah, you could put up all these crazy stats and all that, but how really good can you show you, that you are if you're not even making your team compete for the playoffs because there's nothing around you. So, Suns, um, yeah, I'll just 
really surprised. Maybe they'll do some crazy trade, you know, with Golden State and actually get Russell. And, you know, they have some young, you know, they can maybe. But, I mean, you lost a great trade asset in T.J. Warren for nothing. So, it's just, it started at, the writing was on the wall at the draft. Um, you know, I think Jones needs to get it together and not have Sauber in his ear, but we'll see. I mean, so far they're not making, either one of them are not helping any cause for the Suns. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, just to just to add on to this, just, just a little bit here, um, at the trade deadline last season, they traded uh, Ryan Anderson um, for uh, uh, shit. What's his name? Uh, Tyler Johnson uh, and Wayne Ellington. So that added roughly six million dollars to their salary cap. Then they bought out Wayne Ellington. Uh, he went elsewhere, um, and now they're talking about uh, cutting and stretching Tyler Johnson so they can afford to sign Rubio. So that they can uh, – and, and also simultaneously uh, maintain the cap hold for um, Kelly Oubre so they can re-sign him. Like, okay, <laughs> first of all, you're doing this for Ricky Rubio. <laughs> Just fucking keep Tyler Johnson. Um, and, and, and two, um, you like traded uh, um, a guy who had a $15 million buyout. For a guy that had twenty million guaranteed, so you, you again, you're you're just adding five million uh, onto what your stretch amount would be, even if you wanted to make this deal, and and this and and you know this added on to this free agency and everything that we've discussed, you know, in in prior episodes about the draft. Um, this is just a clusterfuck, man. This is just it's a terrible fucking organization. Uh, it's just, it's, just it, it's it's at this point just indefensible. Um, they're just fucking terrible, and like, it, it it's a it's a fucking embarrassment, um, you know, for for the fucking city of Phoenix, uh, and and you know the state of Arizona, and just the NBA in general, um, it, it it's bad, um, so yeah. Anyway, let's move on to something that's not uh bad, <laughs> the your Boston Celtics, um. Uh, I'll give you my brief thoughts, and then yeah, I'll let you kind of uh, go ham, full ham and, and expound upon them. Um, I really like what Boston did. Um, I think that uh, it was, the, you know, there, it, viewing it in the context of we at the at the point we were at, we all knew Kyrie was going to walk away. I kind of feel like it was a blessing in disguise that Horford decided to opt out. Um, it probably stings a little bit that he went to Philly for you guys. Um, but I still feel like it's a blessing in disguise because if he doesn't opt out, you don't have the fucking um, – you don't have the wiggle room to be able to maneuver to get Kimba Walker. Um, so then your best option is just bringing back Terry Rozier. Um, and, you know, God, if, if – who knows if anybody else would have paid him that fucking ungodly contract. Um, but you may have had to overpay for him. Um, you know, depending on what happened in free agency in, in it, you know, this alternate universe. Um, so, you know, you get a guy to replace uh, Kyrie Irving. I really like that. And then I think you get a good bang for your buck deal with Anis Cantor. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I like Cantor. Um, I, I think he played great uh, for Portland last year in the playoffs. 
I think Stevens is smart. He'll know how to utilize him. He'll know that he's going to have to change things up a lot um, from what he was able to draw up with Horford. Um, but I think uh, as far as you know, trying to find a, a center on the market for $5 million, Cantor's pretty damn good option. Um, it'd have been like really nice if you had been been able to get Kevon Looney, um, you know, for that, but that just wasn't going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, overall, I like it. Um, again, I, I think you know, adding in Kimba uh, is is going to be really good for you guys. And I, uh, I mean, I don't think it's a a legit contender next year, um, but I do think that you know, give it a year. Um, and and see where you know what kind of leaps that Brown and Tatum make. See if Hayward can get back to where he was. I, I, I don't necessarily think that you're not even with just this this squad, like the the bones of this squad in place um, for a couple years. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that this squad can't be a contender. Um, you know, given a few uh, good breaks. No, I mean. This is another one. I mean, it it's a win, but it's not like a spectacular win. I mean, there's a lot of things that are like, like you said, that are just like gonna hurt. I mean, Horford leaving. I'm, I'm always a huge Horford fan. Love him to death. I mean, gotta respect his decision. Definitely um, <clears throat> like how like you know the, the whole tampering rule, but you definitely can talk to your guys and know. So definitely before yeah. the draft, we knew. We were coming to terms with them, so we we're gonna to have to move on. So we opt, he opted out of that deal. So uh, you know, coming into it, uh, I really didn't see us getting him. And then the more you know, the talks were happening, I, I knew it was gonna happen. And I, I love, I love it. I mean, I love Kimba Walker. I've always liked him um, ever since his UConn days. I mean, I chose him that year to win just because I just watched him that whole year and he just won every tournament he was in. And I was like, this guy's just a winner. And like, it's finally going to help Kimba too, just playing on a better team with a better structured organization, having a lot more, like still having assets and all that. And like having a nice little young core and all that. And, um, you know, it's, it's, he's no Kyrie and like the, like pure, just being able to get to the bucket and score. But he's definitely, um, you know, he's. I was. I've been reading and I've been seeing some things. He's. He's the best of Isaiah Thomas, but he's also not. He's kind of like not the like. He's not what Kyrie can be. So I think Stevens is going to use him. He's definitely uh, a player that you he, you can use a lot easier than Kyrie. Kyrie dominates the ball and he needs the ball in his, and he wants to create for others. Well. I think Kimma can do the role what IT kind of did and run around and all that and allow our young players also to develop because you could see that kind of, um, you know, affected them last year. And you're obviously building around Tatum and Brown. And um, I like the Kenner, uh, Ennis Kenner uh, signing. Um, you know, he's no Horford, and we're going to be taking a big leap defensively and all that, but we had to go in another direction. And we were always weak defensively. I mean, not defensively. We were always weak rebounding team even with Horford I mean him being a great defensive player we just were never a great rebounding team and one thing that Cannon will do is he will get you some rebounds I mean mm-hmm. he's no like spectacular guy but I mean he's he's your basically your 15-12 kind of guy maybe 14-11 around there 
completely fine with the double yeah. double. He's gonna get you those random games where he gets the twenty twenties and all that. But he's just like he's he's gonna get you, especially he's he's a great bang for your buck. Like you're saying, we couldn't get the Kevin Looney because there he's not gonna sign that deal with us. He's all just gonna do with Golden State. So now you're between like do we want Boogie Cousins for that deal or would I rather want Ennis Canner? And I'd rather want Ennis Canner. I mean nothing against Boogie. Um Boogie still can be projected to be better, but it's just like, I don't know, everything I saw from last year. Also, he just hasn't had the best. We just had a nightmare experience with Kyrie Irving, and Boogie doesn't have the best, you know, per se, you know, background on locker rooms. So, Kenner, uh, and that's I one thing about any... Kenner, man. Can't, like, everybody who plays with Kenner loves him. He's got every, he's always got his teammates back. Yeah, uh, he just talks crap to other people, so I think it's fun. I yeah. mean, uh, I definitely like uh, I like you know this signing. I mean, it's a player option for him, so it's a win for both teams, both sides. So uh, I was definitely excited because you know when it was coming down to it, uh, I knew you know they they thought the whole signing trade was going to happen and possibly Horford was going to come back, but I knew it already. The writing was on that wall. So the only get Canner is going to be nice. Um, it'll be a fun system. What you'll be able to do. Uh, you know, just um, it's, we're not going to be, you know, a contending team like you're saying, but we definitely have pieces to where we're, we could be one piece away from being a contending team again. And we can also see some people take some big jumps. And I would love to see, you know, Brown and Tatum especially do the right proper jumps, you know, now that the team's focused. Walker is going to be such a great, you know. We just got, we got really good locker room people. I think it's going to be back to – team like sharing the ball and all that um you know what brad likes to do we're not gonna have to rush to get hayward back either to put the ball in his hands you know he's a whole year out of it so he should we shouldn't have to rush him you know whatever role he ends up being but i still think you know we're gonna be in the you know we finished fourth so i can see us you know at the best finish fourth again um i don't see us you know it's all depending on what Kawhi does i'm assuming Kawhi's staying right. in toronto right now so you know, I put it that forth. The best if, you know, he doesn't return to Toronto. The best that we could get is a fighting chance at third. But it's still, it's going to be a very fun team. Um, you know, uh, I, I always will believe in Danny. Um, he's not. We didn't go back into the full reboot. We did like you know a quick soft reboot again. Uh, I think it's going to work out um, with the system, and then um, be able to get Daniel Thice and then this uh, guy from France. I mean, it just. We're getting more um, depth at center just because, you know, that's going to be our positional need. It's just, you know, the, the big spot, even though I, I trust Canner, but we'll see him over a whole season and all that. So definitely helps be able to get some guys to play in. And, you know, might have to, you know, the power, power forward position, have to see some young guys uh, take a big step. I mean, definitely want to see with Grant Williams, if he'd be able to hit the, uh, the rotation, but, Right now, like, you know, it's it's not a, a super win because there's a lot of other teams that I feel like are, are, are higher winners in my mind, but it, it's a win because we, you know, we, we got a star. I mean, we got one of the guys that's probably one of the top five free agents that were on the market. We got him after yeah. losing probably two of the top ten. So, you know – there's only so much that you can do after that. And I think getting Kimmel Walker, it just, it's, 
it's going to be, you know, back to just uh, the fun, just when we had Isaiah Thomas, those teams, and it's just like, because Kim is just yeah. a great locker room person, and I think it'll be interesting. I'll definitely I want to see what Brad will do, but uh, I think um, in the end, everything will be a lot better than we'll be a much better team, even if we'll win, like, you know, the total win-wise doesn't show it that, you know, uh, between this year and last year, or this upcoming year and, and this, this last year, but no matter what, we'll be a better team than we were last year. Just even though, I mean, Horford losing him, it, it sucks, but, I mean, just how bad we were just playing and all that. So it's interesting yeah, you'll be a new a... look, but I, li- I like it. Yeah, you'll be a better, less talented team. Like that's how I would that's how I would characterize it. Like you won't have the talent that you had last year, but you probably will be better just as far as chemistry, as far as um the way that Brad likes to run his offense, um and, and the guys that are now there to run said offense. Um so yeah, I, I mean all of those things combined, uh and, and having a guy like Kimball Walker, um, who can still be that your closer, um, that's that's all good things, um, and and you know what I, you know why I think this is a, the biggest reason why I would consider this a win for Boston. All of the things you mentioned, um, but Boston um, had kind of built this reputation, um, and, and I think it's somewhat unfair, um, but you know it's 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 kind of been presented this way that you know. After the Isaiah Thomas thing, like Boston doesn't care about its players. You're just assets to Danny Ainge, um, yada yada yada, um, kind of all that, all that shit. And then Kyrie leaving maybe kind of fed into that in some people's eyes. I think a lot less so than the Isaiah Thomas thing. Um, but you see that with like every team. Like Boston's not anything special when it comes to that. Um, nine uh, or thirty out of thirty GMs would have made that um, Kyrie Irving trade. Um, so, like, like don't I, – I don't think it's fair to, you know, uh, play revisionist history and say, well, well, they did Isaiah Thomas dirty. It's like, no, not really. I mean, it sucks that he got hurt and maybe they misdiagnosed and everything else. Um, and, and, you know, he probably should not have been playing, similar to, you know, KD um, in these most recent finals. Um, but – you know, we're seeing it with KD. If you're really good enough, then you're gonna get the you're gonna get the bag. Um, and he, like he he just wasn't like he, you know, um, and that injury certainly played into that. But I think a lot of the, you know another big thing that played into that was he just thrived in a very particular system with very particular things around him. Um, and unfortunately, I think too. Um, he didn't have the option of going into free agency after, you know, but put it this way, before he came back from his injury. I think he would have gotten paid had he been able to do that. But unfortunately, it didn't work out that way for him. Um, but like I said, 30 out of 30 GMs would make that trade. And my final point would be this. Um, the last three times that uh, Boston has had max cap space, they've gotten a max player. They got Al Horford. They got um Gordon Hayward and now they got Kimba Walker um so like it also kind of puts to rest that notion that like players don't want to go play in Boston they won't choose to go play in Boston um which is why you have to build assets and make trades and all that other shit because you can't get free agents to go to Boston um well there's three 
Um, the last three times this team has had cap space, they filled it with a max caliber player. And make no mistake about it, um, Gordon Hayward, you know, had he not fucking snapped his leg on the first game that he played as a Boston Celtic, would be a max caliber player. Um, so yeah, um, just a, you know, couple couple little things that I wanted to add in there. Um, you like how, how I'm defending your boys, Luke? <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, but I mean, like you said, it's we we were gonna take a, a you know a downward leap, but we didn't take it that far. And it's just like you said, it's we just proved that you know we can still sign match free agents. I mean, you had teams out there like New York, where he you know he's kind of from the Yukon, Connecticut kind of area, where but uh, so you could kind of say the whole New England and like New York and all that area, but he's mostly from New well, York. He's actually, I mean. huh, he's actually from New York City. That's the thing. Like he grew up yeah, in New York so, City. He went to school in Yukon. So I mean, yeah, you can make either one of those like connections, I guess. But it's just surprising, like you know, or the Lakers could have used them. So it's just you know that we were able to get in there, show them like what we have, and I don't know. It's it's exciting. I, I I'm just excited for a whole new look. We could be the Nets of uh, the Nets of this year, you know, like how they played last year, where they all teammates had each other's backs. Like, what do we have to lose and all that, and just seeing really just fun team ball. So that's what I could, that's yep. what I can see out of us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's going to be uh, a very fun season for you guys. I look forward to uh, all the Bill Simmons podcasts where he's just elated. Every time he gets to talk about Kimba um, being awesome um, and doesn't have to, like, give this, um, you know, uh, meltdown of a speech, like, you know, three-quarters of the way through the season, like, who the fuck is this guy? I'm driving him to the airport now. Um, <laughs> like, so uh, I, I, I'm, I'm happy for the collective, I guess I should say. Um, but, all right, let's move on to the flip side of this coin. The fucking Charlotte Hornets, man. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna fucking. This is like gonna be the Phoenix Suns rant part two. Um, I I get not wanting to pay Kimba. Honestly, I get it. I totally fucking get it. Um, I I wouldn't have lowballed him so much as as you know one sixty over five. I think I would have at least gone with like one. 75 over 5 which you could construct that to be more than another team could pay like he could make more than 141 in that first four years um so he's still getting more than what he could get if he signed elsewhere like at least come with that when you offer a dude for 160 like you're essentially telling him like um you know we don't think that you know you can make up 20 million dollars after this you know this year you know these four next four years um so we think that's what your value is and it's like dude that's not how free agency works you can't just do that like that they're gonna be pissed like no they're gonna be like fuck you <laughs> like um so like but i understand it from you know from the mindset of um we're cash strapped we're, we're not going anywhere um so like we we probably are better off at this point just letting him walk which you know obviously means you should have fucking traded him um two years ago 
uh, or last year or just at any point when, you know, <laughs> you knew you were a middling team, you knew Batum wasn't getting any better and you had him locked into this fucking long-ass deal, like, should have traded him. Regardless, I get letting him walk at this point. What I absolutely, completely, bafflingly do not fucking understand is why you would want to bring back Terry Rozier on a three-year, $58 million fucking contract to replace him uh, when that's way above Terry Rozier's fucking market. He was, nobody was going to give him that money. It's the same fucking thing with Rubio. Like Nobody was going to pay him that kind of fucking money. So like, I, I just don't fucking get it. Like, Why would you – what would possess you to kind of make that sort of offer? And then from everything that I've read, they're going to have to send back some form of like compensation uh, to the Celtics you know, who really had no reason to participate in a sign-and-trade other than to get some kind of asset back from Charlotte. And sure, maybe it's just a second rounder, but like your team's going to suck so fucking bad that that second rounder is going to be practically a late first round pick. Um, so it's just like, I I don't fucking get it. Like it, it just doesn't, it doesn't compute. It makes no fucking sense. Like Ish Smith went for uh, two years, 12 million. Um, like go sign that guy. Like go give him a third year. Uh, you know, for an extra six million, like, like why? I don't understand why. Like, I know you need a point guard, but like, there were other point guards out there that were going to cost you a lot less money. And like, I don't, I don't know what you're even thinking if you're thinking that. Well, if we get Rozier, we can build with Rozier and Malik Monk and Miles Bridges and PJ Washington. Like, no, none of those. Guys, like, you're building the same fucking roster that you have now. There are a bunch of role players at best. Like we don't even know if Malik Monk is a role player at this point because he couldn't play next to Kemba Walker because they're both fucking tiny. So you should never should have fucking drafted him in the first place. Um, you should probably should have taken Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> but nevertheless, um, that might not have been the same draft. I mi- might be misremembering. But nevertheless, um, like. None of these guys are, are, you know, really building blocks to build towards something. So, like, to me, it's like, dude, just fucking call it an L. Sign a very cheap point guard who can just, you know, essentially run your offense for a year um, and then start compiling assets by taking your, what, $45, $50 million in expiring contracts and seeing, you know, who might want to flip two-year deals for those? You know, reach out to fucking uh, Minnesota and say, look, we'll give you Biombo, who we know sucks, but so does Gorgie Jang, and, like, they're basically on the same deal, only Gorgie Jang has an extra year. We'll give you Biombo. We'll take back him. Give us a first-round pick, you know, three or four years out when you're going to be good again, hopefully. Um, you know, some, something like that. Um you know, I, I think maybe Miami, well, with all of their other deals, they probably wouldn't have been interested. But nevertheless, um, I, I, it just makes sense to me. That makes way more sense to me than, you know, trying to invest in Terry Rozier. I just don't fucking get it at all. I, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. No, yeah. Um, man. Mitch Kupchak, Michael Jordan, I just don't understand what you're doing. 
Um, haven't for a while. Um, kind of thought the writing was on the wall when Kupchak got signed to the job a couple of years ago. And when he wasn't trading Kimba, when he actually could have got things for Kimba. And, right. um, yeah, I mean, a big well, Rozier see, but that fan. that was reportedly uh, MJ. MJ didn't want to yeah. trade Kimba unless he got back another all-star. Like, that, I heard that um, from somebody. It was a credible source. I can't remember who it was. But, like, that was the report, was that MJ didn't want to trade him because he didn't want to trade an all-star unless he was getting back another all-star. And it's like, dude, that's not how these trades work. Like, you should know this, Michael. You've been in this league for fucking how long now? Um, so, like, I, as much as I want to, like, put the onus on Cupcheck, I, I kind of feel like this is one of those same type of Phoenix situations where it's like you kind of got to put the onus on the owner. Um, like, he was the one who loved Frank Kaminsky and was the reason they fucking – like, wouldn't make that fucking deal um, that would have gotten him at least one of those Brooklyn picks or maybe two of them or something like that because um, the the uh, Celtics wanted J- uh, Justice Winslow. But, no, we got to have Frank Kaminsky. And what did they do? They just let him fucking walk. They didn't even extend him a qualifying offer. Um, this, this franchise is just a fucking joke, um, and it starts with Jordan. Like, Jordan needs to hire scouts. And fucking just step the fuck back and let those scouts build his team through the draft and just stay the fuck out of it. Well, it's not going to happen, so we'll just get back to just the terrible move that they just make. So, yeah. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Rozier, um, you know, I'm happy for a man. He's getting paid, you know, ter- uh, scary Terry money. He's basically, you know, like he just <laughs> came out of the playoffs, you know, two years ago and on fire. Right. So, you know, I'm happy for him. His market. Definitely wasn't going to be like that. I kind of thought he was going to come back with the Celtics. You know, if we didn't, if this Kimba thing wasn't, you know, didn't happen, he, he would have came back to the Celtics for uh, just less than what Marcus Smart's deal was, maybe 12 per year instead of 13. So, you know, a, a friendly deal like that for both sides. But, you know, wow, 19 mil per year. Oh, that's another yikes just contract. And it's not even one where you can maybe sell Rozier. Unlike to another team, but like 19 mil, it's just a lot. And not a lot of teams are going to want to take that. I mean, Rosier's going to have to be able to do a bunch of like leaps and bounds from like where he's at. I mean, yeah, you don't have to throw Malik Monk straight into running the system, but I kind of always thought Monk's more of a point guard than shooting guard. So uh, it's just, yeah, um, Jordan and all them. Robisover, Jordan, Kupchak, James Jones, Dolan. Um, I forget what the Knicks GMs, Ellis, Ernie Ellis. Steve Mills. Oh, or Steve Mills. I don't know where I just came from. Steve Mills. All of them just like just meet at this like place and they're just like, hey, you know, we should all be really bad, but we'll just, whenever one does another, like one bad decision, <laughs> the other organization will make it. So we just all look bad together. So, no one will, like, you yeah. know, it won't just be all on one team. But, yeah, I have no clue what Charlotte's doing. Um, they're definitely not going to be anything what they're like with Kimba Walker running the team. So, um, I I think they own their picks. And so, guess rebuilding, you know, they can be going for the 2021 
you know, big uh, draft class with the high schoolers coming out. And there's a, you know, really good kid coming out of that draft class. But, yeah, just uh, I don't know what Charlotte's doing right now. I mean, Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington, Malik Monk, Terry Rozier. Um, what, what do you have? Two of the Plumleys, one of the Plumleys. I don't even know. Uh, no, they don't have any Plumleys anymore. <laughs> they have uh, uh, they have a Zeller. They have Cody. Oh, Zeller. There, there it is. They have a Zeller. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and they have a Hernan so. Gomez. They have a Willie Hernan Gomez, not but the, not the good Hernan Gomez. <laughs> but they do have the good Zeller. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. So they're they're just um yeah. I, we'll see how long um Jordan has that team or Charlotte has that team. So it's, it's one of oh, those God, two yeah. things that's going to happen. So I hate to – Charlotte's an awesome city and all that, but, um, yeah, their owner just has no clue what he's doing, and nor does the GM right now. So it's just all bad from yeah. here. Yeah, and it's hard to say, like, how much of it is, um, you know, institutional versus just incompetence or whatever. Um, but whatever it is, it ain't working. Um, so, you know, they got, they got to change something. Um, and you know what, like, say what you want about Dolan, um, and how shitty of an owner he is. Um, at least he doesn't make basketball decisions anymore. Like he realized that that was not working and stopped doing it. Now there's a lot of other things that he needs to realize and stop doing as well you know, like talking um, on camera. Um, but nevertheless, uh, it, at least he's not making basketball decisions. Um, I, you know, we, obviously the Kevin Arnovitz report came out and basically said as much that Robert Sarver um, is heavily involved in making basketball decisions, uh, you know, with uh, the Suns. And it just, it, there's been enough reporting and it just feels like, uh, that's the same thing going on there in Charlotte. And it's just like, dude, that never works. It never works. And it's like, it probably is even like, I would imagine it's even more impossible to like try to explain to Michael Jordan that he doesn't know what he's talking about than it is Robert Sarver. Like, you're like, dude, I'm telling you, this is, this, this is not how this works. This is not a good idea. And, like, you got Jordan just fucking holding out a hand with fucking six rings on it. He got, like, two on his fucking uh, thumb or something. And he's just, like, just staring at you. And you're like, yeah, I know, I know, you're the GOAT. Like, I get it. But, like, seriously, dude, like, this is not working. Like, you don't understand. This is this is not playing basketball. This is something totally fucking different. Please. Like, you were a terrible GM. You, you're, now you're being a trying to GM from your owner's chair and that's not working. Just like, please just let me make the decisions. Um, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's the, they, they really need to fucking change things up because it is, it is a clusterfuck down there, but we've already spent so much time on this fucking shitty ass franchise. Um, and my apologies to any Hornets fans out there. Uh, like we don't mean to shit on your team. We're just kind of telling it like it is. Same thing with the Suns, Like, we we want the best for you guys. It just sucks that you have terrible owners, you know, who are in charge of your franchise. Um, it's just it's highly unfortunate. Um, but anyway, moving on uh, to the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, all right, so my turn to get uh, excited. Um, okay, so 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you just kind of the the the, the run the rundown here. Um, so, fucking JJ Reddick signs with New Orleans, and I'm like, oh fuck, oh fuck, here it comes, here it fucking comes. Um, and then, uh, you know, this this fucking uh, you know, Miami trade is in the mix, and there's a fucking tweet that's getting shared everywhere between fucking Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, and Jimmy Butler, and he's in Miami, he's about to sign a deal, and I'm like, oh, what the fuck, man, what the fuck are you getting back from Miami that's going to be worth this? Um, well, it turns out they weren't getting so much back from Miami, um, but what they were doing was facilitating a trade to take back Josh Richardson, allowing them the cap space in order to sign Al Horford while still retaining um, – the uh, the cap hold the twenty two million dollar cap hold that they had on Tobias Harris <laughs> and so <clears throat> the machinations of all of this were very important um, and it was important that they um, go down in a very particular order um, overall uh, I think that this team is not as talented um, as last year's team um, I think positionally. Uh, you, you know they're um, kind of a somewhat of an awkward fit, but not I, maybe not as much as some people might think. Because I, I mean, Tobias Harris, while he's really kind of more of a four in today's NBA, he's played the three for most of his career, and I don't, I don't think it's that big of a deal for him to play the three. Um, Al Horford has always preferred playing the four, um, and. Honestly, he plays it just fine, um, and he's still going to play some five. Like, they're, my best guess is they're going to um, essentially, uh, you know, when both Horford and Embiid are playing, they will stagger their minutes so that one of them is always on the floor at any given time. Um, and then when they're both on the floor, Horford will just play power forward. Um, but you know that that obviously creates, um, you know, the ability. Uh, for for some um, different rotations and stuff like that, and it also gives them the most important thing, which I think is Embiid in, in insurance. Um, seeing how bad the Sixers were in the playoffs last year when Embiid wasn't healthy, um, and and how badly they just needed somebody who could play center. Now they don't just have somebody who can play center; they have a legit fucking all-star center. Um, granted, he's probably only got like one year, maybe two years left of being all-star caliber center, um, and maybe not even that. Maybe at this point, he's just really good center. Um, but nevertheless, um, still a really good player, a really smart player, has never really relied on immense athleticism um, you know, for his game. So he should age pretty well, in my opinion. Um so I'm not too concerned with that. I like Josh Richardson. I like his fit a lot. Um, he can create off the dribble. Um, he's he's basically Jimmy Butler light. Like he's not um, he's not as good as Jimmy Butler at anything. But he's like he's pretty good at everything that Butler's good at. Um, and I you know I I think and and I would argue maybe he's actually a, a a little more comfortable shooting three-pointers, which is nice. Um, like, maybe not necessarily better than Butler, but he's way more comfortable just shooting them. Um, so, like, that helps because there was way too many fucking times last se- season where Jimmy just wasn't, like, like they'd pass Jimmy the ball, and he'd have a wide-open three, and then he'd pass it back. There's that famous one of, like, 
him catching the ball in the corner for a wide open three, passes it to Joel, and Joel just passes it right back to him. He's like, dude, you had a wide open three? Fucking shoot it. Like, you have a higher percentage than I do, you fucking dumbass. Um, and then he shot it, and he made it. Um, but anyway, there was obviously some tension, some some things that didn't quite fit with Jimmy. Um, I was hoping that they would be able to work it out and just roll it back. Um, but it's a nice consolation. My only thing is I wish, and I just don't think it would have been possible. There's only one way that I think it might have been possible. I just wish they would have been able to keep JJ. Um, like the only way that I can think that it would have been at all possible is if if they had done the sign and trade with Horford um, as well. And I'm not I'm not sure if if this would if this would constitute like or if this would even if this would make sense. But like say you did a sign and trade where you're sending out Jimmy Butler and then you're sending in, um, uh, um, uh, Josh Richardson. And then you do another sign and trade, uh, with, uh, Boston where they're just sending you, um, uh, um, shit, uh, uh, Al Horford, um, because you're taking back the same amount of money and you're not actually using your space. You're using, the the amount that you're sending out for Jimmy Butler to counteract that trade of that 20 million for uh, Horford and then that 10 million for Richardson versus like the 30 million that's going out for Jimmy, I think that would have allowed them to keep their full MLE. Um, and maybe if you have your full MLE and you can tightrope the cap, um, maybe you can bring back Redick. Um, I don't know if any of this was even possible. I don't know if Boston would have even agreed to it. Um, I think they would have, though, because it also would have allowed Boston to keep their full MLE. Um, and it also um, would have um, given Boston like a $20 million trade exception. So that would have been like two positives for them and then only one positive for the Sixers. So I think it would have kind of been a win-win, um, even though like obviously neither one of those teams like really – like to go out of their way to help each other out. Um, but if they had been able to do that and they had been able to keep Reddick, then it would have just been a fucking huge win because, you know, then you really have the, 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 really the kind of lineup that you want at any given time where you can just rotate um, and be, you can rest and beat and Horford like all season and play a lot of those other guys in their more natural positions um, while still retaining uh, JJ shooting. Um, now JJ still would have had to take a discount, but it wouldn't have been a, an egregious discount. It would have been like um, six million or, or five million less than what he got. Um, but I don't even know that uh, Philly would have wanted to give him multiple years, given that they were, you know, working on the Simmons extension. So there's that as well. So um, I would have liked to have seen that. That would have been fucking cool. Um, other than that, though, I like them keeping Mike Scott. I like them keeping Ennis. That, that happened today. They need, they kind of need another shooter, um, and they need a backup point guard. I don't know how you get both of those at this point in time. I don't know which you should prioritize more. Um, I was kind of thinking maybe take a flyer on Avery Bradley if he gets bought out. Um, like he he kind of seems like a guy who might fit both categories. Obviously, he's not really a point guard. Um, and his shooting hasn't really been good for like two years. 
but like just you take a flyer on him and say fuck it maybe he works out and he you know has always kind of been a good on ball defender um so maybe they can do that but overall i like what they did i think they're going to be a lot better as far as team chemistry kind of the same thing with boston um you just get jimmy butler out of the locker room it's probably going to help out um and yeah i'm very excited i think if toronto doesn't retain Kawhi, i do think at least for this upcoming season i think the sixers uh, are the team to beat in the east no yeah i mean uh Sixers are another one. I know you're you're a lot more higher than them on me. I mean, there's a lot of things that um, I have to digest. I mean, they're definitely. I'll give them the benefits of the, what they'll be next year. They're definitely going to be huge. I mean, they're going to be a big fucking team at you. So that that's a benefit. yeah. Shortest player really in the good. starting rotation is six six. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, and they're going to be really good defensively. So that'll be a huge benefit. And having the and beat insurance is nice. So I'll just give them that. But there's a lot of things that I'm like just questioning. Just, just for for instance, so you trading you basically traded out JJ Reddick for Al Horford. Um, Horford, yeah, is going to be a better veteran and all that, and Al be insurance. But shooting wise, he's not anywhere going to be the shooter. I mean, he's even when he's not the Horford from the Atlanta days, where he's really good at shooting at that wing. And, I mean, he's a decent three-point shooter and all that. But other than that, I mean, he's he's the no J.J. Redick. So, that's what you traded out right there. No, so it's but he's be, so much gonna, better defensively. So yeah, much you, better defensively. You, you still have to make up. I mean, you still have to make points. I mean, unless you're just winning games like 86 to like 84, like very low-scoring games. I mean, I, I, mean, I think they could. Like, yeah. I don't. I I don't think they're gonna have so much problem scoring though. Like I think Tobias, they're gonna they're gonna basically run a lot more offense through Tobias, which they didn't do last season because they had Jimmy. So they were just asked him to stand in a corner and shoot, and that just that didn't really work for him. He like he couldn't get going doing that. Um, I mean, we saw what it looked like when they ran the offense through him in uh, L.A. Now they're not gonna do that, you know, um, exclusively by any means. But um, I think he's going to get more shots, more touches, the offense run through him a little bit more. Um, and so, I mean, I think you'll get plenty of offense from him. And Bede's going to get his points. I think Horford will, you know, chip in for his 12 to 15 a game. Uh, ben will get his 12 to 15. And then I think Richardson, I mean, he averaged like 16, 17 points last year. I think he'll be in that in that ballpark too. So I just think you've got five different guys on the court who can all score. Now, none of them are – um, people who, uh, you know, other than Tobias and Embiid are people who I would want as, like, kind of go-to options as far as scoring. Um, but, like, I still, I think the balance that you're getting as far as defensively versus maybe the step you're taking back in offense, um, I, I still think it balances out just fine, you know, in my opinion. No, yeah, I mean, and it all can, but uh, but just like even getting back to it, I mean, uh, trading out Jimmy Butler for Josh Richardson, I mean, you you got a poor man's Jimmy Butler. I mean, I hate to say it like sure. that. I love Richardson, don't get me wrong, but he's no Jimmy Butler. He's, he's you know, he can be no. like almost defensively, but he's no closer and all that. So now you're kind of like what I kind of saw is like two things, especially with Simmons getting the – 
the extension. You're definitely making this a Simmons, t- uh, like a more join it. It's not just a one team or another. You're going to try to redo it all and see how it is with both Simmons and Embiid. And um, you're putting a lot more pressure on Embiid, which he needs to, but it's just uh, losing the closer and Jimmy Butler, what he was able to do, close games for them. I mean, yeah, it's a biased for the Clippers, but I'm not really like 100% there. I think it has to be. And not really. Lou Williams more did it for the Clippers, even when Tobias was there. (laughs) So so you're putting this more pressure that Embiid has to become your go-to scorer and all that and closer. And I think Al will help him out, like, veteran-wise, like, you know, be able to talk him through. But I also think, I mean, this could be a good thing for Embiid and also uh, maybe a bad thing because Embiid's always liked to stretch around and play, you know, get to the three-point line, which he should not be shooting threes, but he loves to shoot threes and, and dribble and all that to where are you basically telling Embiid, like, hey, no, you're an exclusive right now when you're with Horford. You're down low in the post. You're just a post center right now. You're going to dominate the player. I don't see it like, that way either, though. I'm, because, I mean, Horford's going to be the one that's going to be sitting at your wing or, like, you, you're high up there. I mean, yeah, Horford but I can think get that one. I think you can go four out a little bit, but also I, I think Embiid – I just think Embiid likes to mix it up. Like when Butler first got there, um, Embiid was complaining about not getting enough touches in the post um, and kind of adapted to playing more outside to fit Jimmy um, as they went later on into the season. So, like, I think he'll he'll relish the opportunity of getting back in the post. Like, he's a great post player. That's where, that's where he's at his best. Um when he's not exhausted, <laughs> when he's exhausted, it, he's always throwing shit up that's either short or long or whatever. Um, but like when, when you know, I, I, I think he'll he'll love the opportunity, and I don't think that means he'll be exclusively down there. But I think it does give him the opportunity to operate down there the adequate amount that he would like to. Um, I I I do agree with you on the closer aspect. It's going to be difficult. I don't know who's going to be the closer for them. If you ask me right now, I would say Tobias Harris, and that does scare me a little bit. Um, And so I agree with you there. I think that is the biggest thing that you can argue as to why this isn't necessarily better um, because it's just – it's so unclear who is going to close out games. Um, But two things. One, you – you tried to convince me last season that you didn't want to keep Jimmy Butler, and I told you you had to keep him because he was the closer, and now we've fucking reversed on this. <laughs> um, so I'm not – I'm not I'm, – I'm pot, your kettle. So, like, I, I mean, we're, we're both, you know, <laughs> we, we, we've both gone the opposite direction. Um, but, uh, but nevertheless, I choose to look at this, and I guess this is just me trying to be optimistic – I, I'm trying to look at this from a um, where they started last year as to where they're starting this year. And I, I know it's not that simple, but if you try to break it down to that, you're basically saying, all right, well, we traded Dario Saric and Robert Covington for um, uh, uh, Al Horford um, and Josh Richardson. Um, and then, you know, we still overpaid for Tobias. But um, but he was better than you know Wilson Chandler, Landry Shamit, and the other pieces parts you know that we you know threw in that trade. Um, so like in that sense, if you look at it big picture, I think you know they're just they're better. 
Um, and I think even if you choose to look at it small picture, if Jimmy was going to leave, this was probably the best outcome they could have hoped for um, as far as you weren't going to get a player of Josh Richardson's caliber on a Josh Richardson contract. Um, so the fact that they were able to make the sign and trade and then that facilitated signing Al Horford, which they would have been able to do anyway if Jimmy Butler had left. But the fact that you were able to um, get a player uh, that you could replace um, like yeah, of that caliber um, is really promising. Somebody who's who's young kind of fits better with um, Ben and Joel as far as long-term and Tobias. Um, I, I, I mean, I just think that, that that's a good move. Uh, honestly, um, so I, 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 so I partially agree with you. Um, I agree with you on the closer aspect. I think we're going to have to figure out who that is throughout the year. I don't think it's Embiid. We've kind of seen that it can't be Embiid. Centers aren't usually great at closing, so I think it has to be Harris at this point. Maybe it's even Josh Richardson. Could be. Um, like we said, he's kind of Jimmy Butler light. I think he could find himself in that kind of role. Um, but I think as of now, it's got to be one of those two guys. I just don't see how it could be um, a, anyone else. No, yeah, I mean, again, uh, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm not just trying to be the devil's advocate or just trying to be, a, you know, a fan of an opposing team. But, again, like you said, they, they overpaid for Tobias Harris in the beginning when they traded for him. And no offense, I mean, did not take no hometown discount. Yay, $10 million we saved. Um, overpaid for Tobias Harris. Not worth that yeah. much money um, no. uh, at all. So you are you overpaid for him once, so you already had to bite the bullet and overpaid for him twice. And another thing that scares me big time is, yeah, you can have this awesome starting five and all that, but their death, I mean, yeah, you get back Ennis and Mike Scott, but that was nothing great. I mean, yeah, Mike Scott was the best person off your – your bench last year, but that's not anything to be like really championship contending teams. I know you said bearing all what Kawhi does, uh, you had them as the number one seed in the East. Yeah, I got him as a really good starting five on no, paper, no, no, but no. I still like no, 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 I like not Milwaukee one, a lot better. Yeah, well, not the number one yeah, seed. I don't have them as the number one but, seed. I have them as the, the favorite to come out of the East. I think they uh, match up like really well against Milwaukee. Like Giannis is not going to be able to score. To... You put Al Horford and Joel Embiid in there, he's not going to be able to fucking score, dude. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they still. That's why they got more shooters getting left on that. I mean, we we don't we're not. Yeah, but they lost Rodney, who was but... their best shooter. I know, yeah, well, I mean, but tough. we'll we'll stick to Philly. I still got to see a lot of things. It's one of those teams where it's awesome on paper. Um, you know, they got better locker room guys right now. It's just a lot of players yep. going to have to take a, a bigger step in a role. And um, Al Horford, uh, loving the death, you know, wish the best for him. Sucks that he went to Philly. But um, his <laughs> his fourth year could be very scary, too, on that contract. I oh, mean, I know you predict, him, and you predict him aging well, but still, I mean, going into your 39, 39, 38 and 39 year, years of age is pretty scary at that high money. So, but, um, He's not that we'll see, old. He's 33, so he'll be 34, 34, 36, 37. No, he'll be 34 at the start of the contract. So, like, well, hey, uh, well, so he'll be 34, your knees, <laughs> right, 36, 37. Your knees age two years faster than you, and for how much basketball he's done. <laughs> yeah. So, like, 
he hasn't played a lot of playoff basketball. Oh, yeah. So. I'm, uh, his, his he's never missed the playoffs. He's never yeah, missed so. the playoffs. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, though th- those were a lot of short playoff runs when he was in Atlanta. So, <laughs> not 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 a lot of wear and tear as far as playoff wise goes uh, when he was here. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I feel you. Um, it it's certainly, um, you know, the, the, there's certainly a lot of factors at play. Um, but all in all, um, I, I'm I'm just happy um, that. You know they were able to keep a solid team together, and I just still I feel very optimistic. So, um, and you know here's to hoping that Zaire Smith can actually be a factor this year to keep his ass away from peanuts, um, and uh, Matisse Thybul can come in and give some valuable minutes. Um, I think those are guys that are going to have to be contributors this year. Either at least one of them is going to have to be a contributor this year because I do agree with you as far as the depth concern, like. Um, it's great to get Ennis back. It's great to get um, uh, Scott back. Um, like those guys are going to help you a lot. Um, but like we saw, like how like desperate they needed like one more guy. They needed like one more guy, and there just wasn't one more guy on their team. And finally, um, you know, they I mean they stripped it down and went seven deep. And I was saying all along they needed to do that because um, they just didn't have an eighth guy. Um, so hopefully one of those two guys can be their eighth guy, um, or they can use the, you know, this room level exception, um, and bring in somebody like somebody for $5 million. It like sucks that like Garrett Temple's already off the table. Cause that would have been a nice addition. Um, and there's not very many additions left. Um, though I will say this, uh, I mentioned earlier that, um, the, it's rumored right now that Tyler Johnson's going to get bought out. Um, I'd look at him on a room level, like $5 million one year for Tyler Johnson. Like, sure. Why not, dude? Like he could play some point. He could play some two. Um, he's going to be better than TJ McConnell. Like I love TJ McConnell, but he can't shoot. He can't defend. Um, and at least Tyler Johnson can shoot. Like, so, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm hoping there'll be some buyout guys, um, on the market for him at some point. And maybe you just, maybe you just save that, um, I, I think you can save it until the trade dead or no, I don't think you can save it until the trade deadline. The the Celtics they had a injury provision. That's how they were able to get Monroe, I believe. Um but regardless, uh we'll see. Um I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, but um you do make some good points as far as depth and closers. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. Um all right, let's talk about the Miami side of this deal. So they get Jimmy Butler, but they had to give up Josh Richardson. Um it's kind of a kind of a funky trade. They send out um, Hassan Whiteside, um, take back Myers Leonard, and send Mo Harkless and a 2023 first round pick um, to the Los Angeles Clippers uh, in this deal. Um, again, Knicks, where were you on this one? <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, let's talk about the uh, this. Um, uh, the heat side of this, I feel like this is slight overpay to get Jimmy Butler. Um, I, I really liked it for them until they had to give up the pick. Um, but once they had to give up the pick, I was just like, damn, that's a, that kind of sucks that you had to give up that pick. Um, but nevertheless, they do, you know, they at least get a guy. Like they have not had a guy um, in a while now. Um, and, you know, 
So they get somebody who's a bankable all-star um, who wants to be there, uh, and well, at least for the time being. Um, and, you know, you could put the ball in his hands and let him go to work. Uh, and, you know, you got a bunch of role players around him who should be able to kind of mesh well. You got Whiteside off the books. Um, so now you got Adebayo just going to fall right into that starting role. I think he's more than ready. Um, also, uh, it gives Olenek more minutes at the five, which I think is where he fits best. Um, uh, so he can kind of spot up and, and spread the floor a little bit, uh, create the spacing that Butler would need. I like the fact that they moved on from Whiteside instead of Dragic. I think that probably helps out a lot too. Um, so all in all, I mean, I like this deal for Miami. Um, it sucks they had to give up Richardson, but I feel like that was always something they were going to have to give up um, to get this deal done. And honestly, this kind of basically ended up being the deal um, that they, you know, it's slightly different, but I think this basically ended up being the deal that they were willing to offer to Minnesota to get Jimmy Butler, which was reportedly Josh Richardson, Kelly Olynyk, and a first-round pick. Um, so they they were able to keep Kelly Olynyk, still gave up Josh Richardson, traded Whiteside instead, and had to take back Myers Leonard. But you know it's whatever, and and they gave up a first round pick. All in all, pretty good. They fared pretty well, uh, in my opinion. What do you think? No, yeah, um, win for Pat Riley. Uh, Got to start there. I mean, always shows that he can do it. He's another one where it's just like the toughest organization where. Always, he, he just shows that he can always just get a player. He's one of those people that can lure. I mean, Jimmy Butler, of all places, you um, want to get a siding trade. I mean, if you really want to force your way out of Philly like that, I mean, Houston, in my mind, would be the best, but I guess you don't want to be a third option. Championships might not be the thing for you, I mean, because you're definitely not going to be winning it in Miami. But, hey, he likes to be the go-to man. Um, he likes the respect respect and everything that the organization did for Dwayne Wade, um, you know, can definitely be the next Dwayne Wade for them. Um, so that's big for just the Heat getting just another player. Um, they don't want to go through a rebuild. Pat Riley doesn't like that. I mean, Eric Spolz is a good coach too. So a win for that whole coaching um, staff to get a good player like Jimmy Butler. I mean, no superstar, but right under uh, superstar. I mean, definitely all-star. Definitely be able to, you know, keep them in contentions in the seventh and eighth spot of the playoffs. Uh, big win getting off Whiteside's deal. I know that both sides have been disgruntled and not happy. Uh, I don't think Miami was not unhappy. I mean, maybe they're unhappy of that deal they gave them back in the day, but that's something that they they did. But, um, you know, they, they saw that BAM was just a better option for what their team did and, and how much depth they have at that to uh, – try to get off Whiteside and getting him to go to a team and keeping uh, Drogic. I, I like him playing point guard, you know, next to Butler helps Butler a lot more. I mean, I don't think Whiteside was really going to help Butler that much. Yeah. Maybe defensively, no. but, but uh, Gordon actually can still run the point and like help Butler out that way. So that's a good um, thing there. Um, you know, Keeping an Olenek, you know, because that whole first first and second trade to Dallas fell apart. So that was interesting. Yeah, you had to give up a pick. But um, I, I just think it's interesting because, uh, you know, the way Pat Riley runs things is he doesn't really care about the draft, so he doesn't really care about picks that much. He uh, likes to, you know, continuously do it in free agency and prove that he can get all these keys free agents. And 
Um, I want to say lost on Jimmy Butler, but then again, I mean, I don't know, you know, his lifestyle. I'd say lost that you could have went to if you need to force your way out of Sixers, if you didn't think that was a good championship contending team and try to run it back then, you know, Houston, even L.A. with the Lakers and all that, like you could have signed there. I mean, going to Miami is very interesting because I don't see it as like a vertical jumper in his career, but hey, he's back to being the man. It's going to be like the Chicago uh, Jimmy again, you know, everything kind of run through him and having just solid role players around him. So it'll be fun. I mean, and, you know, hey, got to give it up for Pat Riley, another guy that um, how does Miami get into this whole free agency when they have all this money already tied up in some crazy bad contracts and then they get out of one of their yeah. contracts that they hate the most with the player that's not happy and end up, you know, you got to have to give out a pick, but, you know, you end up getting Jimmy Butler. So, it's, I mean, you can't, you can't look at this negatively because, you know, you lost your star and who your organization, the face was in Dwayne Wade, and now you get to just hand the torch quickly over to Jimmy Butler, and that's going to sell in Miami big time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, I, I feel like you, you kind of tied it up nicely there. All right, uh, we got about 20 minutes left, three more teams to cover, so let's knock these out pretty quickly. Um, so Dallas was going to be involved in this deal but didn't want to take back Dragic. Um, they are willing to take back Olenek and Derek Jones Jr. That didn't materialize. Um, so basically they just kind of fell out of this deal altogether um, instead opting to sign uh, Seth Curry to a four-year, $32 million deal. Um, they were able to retain Maxi Kleba um, to, I believe, was a four-year, $35 million deal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then also uh, they most recently kept Dor- uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, I believe that deal was three years, $12 million. That's a good deal um, for, for that guy. Um, just, I mean, a, a competent wing for four million a year like that's that's a pretty good deal um I, I i like most of this oh they also kept berea um one year vet minimum um i i like most of this um I, you know i think that seth curry is is a bit of an overpay um it just not as much the per year but just the 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 length of the contract i i would be a little um worrisome like he 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 just finally got like tied together like a a whole good season last year um you know was that a fluke or or can he actually keep doing that um well i mean hopefully he can keep doing it cuz you just gave him 4 years 32 million um and of course the biggest fish uh that they did they were able to re-sign Porzingis they still i believe um, because of their cap hold situation, they had such minor cap holds on a lot of these guys. Um, they still uh, have about $20 million more in cap space, so I, I expect them to still make some kind of other move. Um, but word is they, they're hoping to make a run at Danny Green, um, you know, if after Kawhi makes his decision um, that, you know, perhaps they can make a run at him, but, uh, but we shall see. Um, but, uh, regardless, this is all fine. It's nothing, none of it's great. Um, as much shit as, uh, every, every, um, body gave Atlanta, including myself, uh, for last year's, uh, draft trade. Um, I'd much rather be in Atlanta's position than Dallas's position. 
um, right now. Um, you know, uh, you can you can say, well, Lucas, you know, and and Kristaps are, um, you know, better than any one of the um, Atlanta players. Um, I probably agree with you there, um, but Atlanta has a more complete team. I still believe in Trey. I believe in his upside, um, and you're not paying. Uh, like $150 million to a dude who just tore his ACL and is seven foot three. Um, so I don't know. I, I like, and you know, you just have, you have more time to, to put, put things together. So um, anyway, I'm not trying to make this about Atlanta. Um, I, these moves are fine. That, that, that's about all I can give them. They're, they're, they're middling moves. It's all good. Your thoughts. No, I'm kind of disappointed in um, Dallas's offseason. There's just a lot of things that, I mean, yeah, re-signing Kristaps huge. So, yeah, that, that no matter what, a big win. So, i got to give him that because, you know, you're obviously building around him and Luca, so that'll be fun. But other than that, I mean, <clears throat> so they're in a market for a point guard this whole time. You know, not one of the high-end tier point guards, but uh, still um, in the whole point guard market. But, you don't end up getting anyone. I mean, not even in the lower tiers. Like, not even trying to get Patrick Beverly. He gets a pretty good deal. You could have got him to play, and which would have been solid. And then it made sense to me when they were going to get in the Grodzik deal, uh, you know, get a point guard, get a guy that's played with Luke, uh, Doncic. On the Slovenian team, they obviously have a really good relationship, so they obviously know how to play mm-hmm. well together. And they basically nixed that because they don't want to take in that money because they don't want to lose money in free agency. But it's just like <laughs> you don't end up signing anyone. You just retain – you re- get back Seth Curry after you lost in the Portland. Um, you re-sign Keebler, J.J. Barrera. I mean, there's nothing like – what were you – why couldn't you take on this extra money to actually get a point guard since you were in – the whole time from the offseason, you were supposedly in for Kimba Walker and all that. And then Al Horford, you didn't want to give him the money, which wouldn't make sense. So there was a lot of deals that, like, a lot of rumors that Dallas was, you know, like, in, and they didn't make any of these smart ones. And then they ended up saving their money, not really making any vertical, like, jump. I mean, yes, you're getting Kristoff's back, but he's coming back from ACL tear. He's, oh, he's seven feet, so it's going to be interesting. I mean, yeah, they'll be better than they were, but not that much better is like what we're saying. They're they're probably the second worst team in the West in my mind. You're just lucky you have the Suns out there and and all that. But yeah, it's just Dallas really just I mean, I I just don't uh, I don't know. I mean, yes, when you re sign the guy that you traded for, so that's big, you know, and you give them this money. And so but you could have got that's a point guard. There's plenty of valuable point guards, but just nothing. You just do nothing, and you just re-sign guys. So, yeah, not really impressed with Dallas. I think they're just going to be one of the lower-ranked teams. But luckily, they have their own pick back, so they suck, they suck. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I I agree. I mean, I can understand yeah, a little bit of trepidation on Dragic because he's 33, um, and they were probably trying to get guys who were younger and locked in for longer deals and all of, all of that because their their cap money is going away um, at the end of this at the end of the season. Um, but you know, I don't know if that was necessarily the best way to go. I would have been more interested in going with two year deals and trying to have um, 
open books when it comes 2021 and you're trying to make moves and make plays at some of those big lists of free agents. You're going – you pretty much try to lock it in where you – the only big contract you have on your books is Christoph Sporzingis. You, you're catching Doncic on the last year of his rookie deal, um, and maybe you can bring in some guys then. Um, but, uh, yeah, so in that sense, I would have loved to have had Goran Dragic for one year and then maybe kept him around for one or two more. Um, but eh, they didn't want to do that. Um, I think it was interesting that they had to release, like uh, basically have a press release saying, because like, they know he's such good friends with Luca and they don't want to piss off Luca. So they're like, yeah, we know we really, we really fucking like Goran and we, we actually really wanted him and everything, but like he was just too expensive and like, we just couldn't get it worked out. <laughs> and it's like, Oh Jesus, you guys. Uh, but anyway, we can move on. Uh, Blazers, quickly. Um, I like a lot of what the Blazers are doing. You can go back to the you know, the Evan Turner. Um, Bazemore swap I thought was pretty decent. I like them getting Whiteside, especially because it didn't really cost them anything, um, just a little extra in salary. Um, but, you know, because you don't have Nurkic right now, I think that's good. I think when Nurkic comes back, he is matching salary for Kevin Love. Um, so, if you decide you want to make that leap, you, you have that um, opportunity. Um, they bring back Rodney Hood on a, a relatively good deal, uh, especially considering how well he played with them in the playoffs last year. Um, they also brought in Anthony Tolliver on a pretty cheap, uh, you know, uh, vet men. Um, so I, I like that addition for them. Um, just all in all, I thought they made – um, a lot of interesting moves, um, most of which were very good, some of which were, you know, um, just kind of whatever. Um, oh, and they also got Hazonia, so I, that was kind of more of the one that's like whatever. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, all in all, they, they kind of supplied themselves with the necessary depth that they need. The only big thing that they really need right now is a backup point guard. Um, and they can always go back to staggering um, Dame and CJ's minutes so that one of them is always kind of, you know, controlling the ball. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's funny. I think a lot of people are sleeping on Portland, and I'm just not going to do that again. Like, I'm not – like, I, I, I did it last year, and I think I even did it the year before. Um, and, like, I'm not, I'm not sleeping on them this year. They're going to be a home court advantage team. Uh, for me out west i i just think they're going to keep chucking they're a really good regular season team um and i i think they've made some interesting moves they would obviously love to have more um wings like uh bigger wings um but i i think they're making the necessary moves on the fringes uh you know to get some stuff back there no yeah um i like what portland did i mean you hit a lot of uh things that I'll probably go over. I mean, they saw what other Western teams were doing. I mean, a lot of them, I mean, Jazz is definitely trying to take this next step and all that. I mean, losing uh, Nurkic, the whole use of Nurkic, the whole next, like this upcoming season, he's not going to play. It really hurts them. I mean, and they did make it to the Western Conference Finals, so you want to compete in. Um, I thought it was interesting how they were able to finagle their way into this signing trade that looked like it was almost up in jeopardy between Miami and Philly and somehow give up Miles Turner, who, you know, you weren't really using that much Leonard, anymore, even but. when, I mean, my, yeah, uh, Miles uh, Leonard, but even, even after the injury, he didn't really prove anything. And then you move out Harkless and Whiteside will be fun with them. I mean, Whiteside, 
Yep. Even he was excited. He's always been one of the people that's like, you're building the wrong team around me, Miami. I need your shooters and let me do my thing defensively. And that's exactly what he gets in, in Portland. And I think it's a win-win mm-hmm. situation. He's not an inspiring deal. You know, you're not really gambling that much. You've got to keep Zach Collins, who is, you know, your future or, you know, really good trade piece if you ever decide trading him and what you're going to do. But, you know, you've got to keep that piece in. You gave up contracts. I mean, yeah, you lost Alperuk Aminu, um, who, who gave you some good minutes at the four, but I like the Bazemore trade. Uh, I think, you know, he can give you some good defensive minutes. Retaining Ronnie Hood was really nice on that deal. I mean, I think that helps out. I know you said you need a backup point guard, but Hood really demands the ball in his hands. He can he can take over some roles of having some of, like, the ball kind of being in his hand at times and letting – both Dame and CJ play off of him. Base more, I mean, it's uh, not great at it, but, you know, he can definitely do it. So, you know, they're not in any dire need, but I just think that Portland made the right moves to keep them relevant to contending for the team to play for the Western Conference Final. I'm not calling them a championship-caliber team, but I still think that they're a team that can be in the spot that they were this year. I mean, especially with a catastrophic injury that they sustained right before it, I mean, I mean, Whiteside's got a lot of upside to him, and what he can bring to that team defensively is going to help out those two young guys. So, uh, you know, it's it's nothing of, like, you know, big wins. I know a lot of people would have liked, you know, if they would have traded for Kevin Love, still could be on the books. But, you know, in all, they're doing the right decision. And then, I mean, you got to say this too, I mean, big win for all Portland fans is, you re-sign Dame Willard to the Supermax. I mean, he's your guy. He's not going anywhere. He's facing franchise. He's loyal to you guys. I mean, it's awesome that you guys are going to probably keep him and CJ. And, 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 you know, I mean, I really give Portland this chance with this window up for the West. I mean, unless Kawhi really does go to the Lakers, I have a, you know, it, it's a, it's a crapshoot for a lot of teams and Portland can definitely make mm-hmm. their case. I mean, especially if they get, Nurkic back right at the end of the season and somehow, you know, if they know that he's coming back and they can flip Whiteside right before the trade deadline or still have Whiteside on that team, it'll still, still be a, uh, an exciting team. So, you know, b- big for Portland. Portland's not one of those teams that's going to get these free agents. they got to make these nifty moves, and they, they made a lot of bad moves early in the Dame years with trading some first picks and for some bad players and and making these Evan Turner deals and um, I forget who Alan Krabs, but you know, they've gotten yep. out of that. They've just, they definitely turned it around and all that. Now the, the Caner thing can, can be the only tarnished thing that I could kind of give them for this free agency. But I think Caner is one of those guys that definitely blows out of proportion. I don't think they just gave him six minutes. I think that they gave him a very short window and he couldn't get all of his chips in line to make the right choice, which I mean, as a, as a team, you shouldn't do that, but I guess, you know, maybe in their back pocket, they're like, well, maybe we can possibly get Whiteside so Canner can be a followable chip for us because we we know that this whole thing with Jimmy Butler going to Miami is falling apart every which right. way yeah. and, and all that. So maybe we can give Canner this quick, hey, make a decision, or we do have, we got to make our decision quick on, hey, we're going right. to come in here, we'll take Whiteside, here we go. And this is how everyone all sides and now we're all making now we're all happy. So I think they were also yeah. kind of on a deadline where they have to make the they have to call into Philly and Miami and be like, We're your savior team, here's how we're gonna make it done. 
boom, boom, boom. Let's all get in. All sides yeah. walk away from it. So Portland, you know, Portland, you know, they're definitely going to be competing next year. And re-signing Dame Lillard to that max, I mean, you got your guy. So you got your star. And just let's see what, you know, you guys can do. I mean, you're definitely in better position than you've ever been with Dame. So I think redoing it and getting to the max uh, the second the second time trying to build it around them, it'll be interesting. And I think they're doing the right things. Yeah, I don't like the Supermax extension. Um, not that I think they shouldn't have given it to him, although I kind of think it maybe shouldn't have given it to him. But it, it, that wasn't really an option. They kind of had to. Um, that's just the way it is. I just I don't have as much a problem with Dame getting the Supermax just as I have a problem with Supermax in general. Um, but, hey, it, the rules are the rules. He qualifies for it, and not only does, does he qualify for it, he's one of the very few players um, – who actually fucking deserves it. Um, so, uh, yeah, it just sucks what it does to your um, your books, your salary cap books, and I think they should figure that out. Uh, but anyway, uh, we got one more team, uh, the Clippers. So uh, just really quick, uh, there's not a lot going on here, but they did bring back Beverly, and they did make out like bandits, um, basically getting a first-round pick simply for taking on Mo Harkless. Uh, who's a valuable fucking player. He only makes like $11 million a year, and it did not um, inhibit their cap space. Uh, it does, doesn't prevent them from going uh, and getting Kawhi. Um, so just fucking great moves, man. Like, that's the thing. Like, if I'm Kawhi, like, and I know, like, fucking they're going to try to sell you on AD and, and and fucking LeBron and all that, and it is really hard to turn down, and I couldn't blame him if he was just like, yeah, this is just too good of an opportunity to turn down. Um, but the Clippers are going to be a very fucking good team. They just – that organization is too professional and too fucking smart um, not to be – uh, a team that is constantly putting you in the best situation for success year after year after year. I don't think you can rely on that kind of longevity with the Lakers. Um, just my personal opinion. Uh, but regardless, I like what the Clippers did. I like the fact they were able to keep Beverly. Um, and all in all, I think uh, if they get Kawhi, it's going to be fucking great. If they don't, they'll recalibrate and actually use that cap space wisely, unlike, say, the Knicks. No, yeah, um, 100% agreeing everything you're saying. Uh, I'll give that right now out of all the teams, I mean, Toronto, because they just, you know, they already knew their situation and they didn't have that bad of a situation if he doesn't come. But out of all their teams that have been putting their chips fully in to this free agency on just Kawhi, I mean, they're definitely the team that's looking better right now. I mean, they re-got their guys, Pat Beverly. They're like, no, the rest of you guys around the league trying to steal him. Yeah, we made it known that Kawhi's our first option, but we're going to get this guy signed still. So they get their they get Beverly back, which is, you know, very big for the culture and their identity of their team. So I like that. Um, getting in the Harkless trade was just, a, you know, a smart thing to get another asset. And, uh, you know, they still have their money, but I still think that they can run it back, be fine next year. Gallinari's off the books too, so that's even better for them. You know, they're not in a bad situation where, as in the Lakers, who put all their chips in, have pretty miss, much missed out on every decent role player that I can think of, minus the Morris <laughs> twins. I mean, I'm they're 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 yeah. about to just have to go wild on the Morris twins. 
JaVale Which is Green positions they don't need. And, and Rondo, yeah, and positions they don't need when they could have went after, like what the Knicks kind of did when the Knicks lost out on their guys. You know, it doesn't make sense for the Knicks, but Knicks got a lot of good role players where the Lakers are just fully in on. They've gone all in on the Kawhi thing. They're hoping that it bails out. Sure. I think it might for them, but it's just right now if the Clippers don't, they're not in a bad situation. They, they've got the same team they can run it back with. They've got more assets. Somehow, they still are flexible to do whatever they want this summer, next summer, whenever, and just everything yep. that Weston and that whole organization is doing is just right in. I really hope that if Kawhi doesn't, in my heart, I, if he doesn't, you know, I, go to the Clippers, I hope he stays in Toronto. But, you know, um, I just I don't want him to go to Lakers. Yeah, no, nobody wants him to go to the Lakers. That's the thing. He could pick either one of those two teams. He'll he'll keep all of that good uh, generosity and all of the things that he, he got back from going to Toronto after he maybe lost a little bit of it in San Antonio. He goes to the Lakers. Everyone hates him again. Like, learn from KD. Don't do it. Um, but anyway, we're going to leave it there. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with Joel. We'll break down another 11 teams, um, and uh, hopefully we'll have a quiet decision by then. If not, we will uh, jump on to tell you about that as well. Um, but thanks for joining. Till tomorrow night. Peace. Peace.